0: Welcome, everybody, to the AgView pitch Sunday evening going into a new week of marketing with Dwayne Lowry and Chris Barron. How's it going, Dwayne?
1: Good, Chris. It's going to be an interesting week. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. We're going to see possibly, are we going to see any fireworks? You know, you and I were just talking offline a little bit here, and we'll talk more here now on the weather. What do you think uh, with the heat and the forecast and not much rain? What, what do you think that's got in store for us moving forward into
1: the new week? Well, there's, there's probably uh, multiple different ways people might look at weather, but I don't think there's going to be any doubt that the weather is going to be summarized as being bullish and be concerning. Um, but if we start with the other side of that coin first, there'll be some rains expected uh, in Ohio, uh, parts of indiana and maybe the southern third or something like that of illinois there might also be some rain chances in the far northwestern part of the midwest here over the next uh, several days but i think the big storyline here is going to be that uh temperature maps today versus friday are all warmer and i think they're pretty much uniform uh universal uh, acceptance of that particular assessment on temperatures. And I think that will get the market's attention. And the other thing, in a year like this, where we've had a lot of problems, we've lost some acres, we've lost some potential, um, we have late planning dates and all the adversity that we've talked about multiple times about all that. When you throw all that in as a backdrop, I, I think the marketplace is more concerned about the areas that, are, that uh, run the risk of going backwards farther or losing potential that they might currently have than they are about some areas that might uh, be able to maintain potential because they, they uh, get a few rains. So I, I think there's no doubt that we're gonna be higher tonight. And I think there's no doubt that the market is focused on hot weather, dry weather. And, and I think it's also worth mentioning that this is a forecast that extends out at least 10 days. And in terms of how long we've been starting to see these forecasts probably goes back to about a week ago or or maybe even a day or two before that. And uh, it's been quite a while uh, in terms of years that we've had a weather storyline that's developed uh, with a window this large. And uh, since it's occurring against the backdrop of all the other things that we have, it makes for a very concerning situation I also think it's in order to gain the right perspective on the weather outlook today and the opening calls for tonight and things of this nature, I think it's important to go back to even just go back to Wednesday or Thursday morning before the USDA report. The sentiment going into that report was negative and concerned and bracing for bearishness and the focus on weather really wasn't all all that intense. And I don't think the focus on weather for many people didn't. begin to occur until the price action on Thursday after that report uh, you know, seemed to be impressive and then again on Friday. So in many respects, um, we might be embarking on a new phase of the 2019 weather market. And in, um, in many respects, uh, it's not unreasonable to say we're at the infancy part of this new phase. And uh, so heat, dryness, the words flash drought, uh, temperature stress, uh, these are all new things onto the scene in the terms of the marketplace just over the last few or several days at most, and then we also have um, you know pollination that'll be beginning during this uh, period of stressful uh, period and it's very difficult to say where you're going to have the pollination because the geographic footprint within one geographic footprint you can have crops wide ranging from beginning to tassel to, you know, thigh high or something like that. So, it's, it's hard to, to uh, simplify and characterize it in a very simple manner. But I guarantee you the pollination concerns with temperatures uh, because of the, the 10-day outlook that we have, and that's kind of a minimum, um, that's going to be part of the conversation as well. Um, I don't know how much will be firmer tonight, but it feels like whatever I say will either be not Uh, aggressive enough or else it'll, I'm I'm afraid to say what I think it'll be because it'll sound absurd, but it feels like, uh, you know, at least a nickel in corn and probably at least five to 10 in beans. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised the calls will strengthen as we get closer to our opening tonight. And I think that's uh, also reasonable to, to contemplate that uh, this beginning of a, of a new phase of the 2019 weather market, one, if that's an accurate assessment, an accurate way to look at it, we might have a situation here where the markets are firm all week and uh, may uh, continue to see that firmness into next week. So, um this does not feel like something that's going to open high, higher and fail it does not feel like it's going to be something that opens higher trades higher today uh, tonight and tomorrow and then uh, quickly reverts itself back and 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 falters this this feels like we're going to find buying interest from multiple sectors of the trade and uh you know it feels like we're going to have some elevating emotion here and i I don't like to ever sound inflammatory and I am borderline on that, on that point where it's starting to sound inflammatory now but in the same token it is uh worthwhile to take a reasonable view and assessment of what we're dealing with and for many people this is going to be a uh a reason to get more emotionally uh charged with their outlook
0: yeah To your point, too, on the weather, you know, just looking at where the heat is going to be at, and you talked about rains in Indiana and Ohio, those areas are so far behind, they're not going to be, I mean, other than keeping the crop alive, you know, along the way to get to to tassel or pollination. But those hot areas that they're where the real heat's coming in are the areas where the corn's furthest along and probably going to be getting into pollination. During the course of that heat, so that's that's definitely a good point. Um I have a question for you too, on the soybeans. you know, we've talked all along the last week or two here um, on that spread deal you're talking about between soybeans and corn and soybeans maybe having um, a stronger upside potential more even so than corn. But this is this hot weather, this heat is you know really advantageous for the soy or for the corn market probably. Do you still think that the soybeans lead the way on a March higher if, if this heat forecast really starts to drive the market up?
1: Well, I recognize that the here and now urgency of the weather concern is probably best placed on corn. I get that. And uh, it's probably true that the beans would uh, be able to weather that a little longer uh, without you know, long lasting adversity. I kind of get that argument, but I think uh, if it is correct, that the marketplace sees this kind of as just the beginning of a new phase and it's hot dry phase and all that goes with that. I think the speculator is going to be inclined to want to come after beans more so than corn and so, um, and wheat and wheat as well, possibly and wheat as well. Even though you know the wheat doesn't really have the weather storyline and harvest is you know winding down in a lot of locations. Um, I think it goes back to the historical relationships. And, and uh, if you're an investor and you're looking at corn and you're looking at wheat and you're looking at beans and you look at history, you're saying to yourself, wheat or excuse me, beans look extremely cheap versus corn from a relationship standpoint, from a historical perspective. And they're going to think that wheat or soybeans is just as vulnerable to weather as corn is. And I think that's going to inspire the, the uh, speculator to come after the bean market more so. And if they're a speculator that has any history in this business, you know he remembers the big bean markets uh, with weather, and uh, so it's just a little bit more uh, fast-paced, and that that's an allure to some. And so, yeah, I, I I think the beans might very well be the upside leader because that's the place that maybe there's more energy to come, and the spec is still short beans. The large funds are still short beans, so that There's a lot of buying energy that can come at that, where the corn market, you know, it's not mature by any means, uh, but it's further along on that process than the corn. And the wheat is somewhere in the middle of that narrative. It's the wheat may not have the weather narrative, but when you look at the relationship, there's a lot of people that could look at wheat corn and say, well, if I'm bullish corn and I want to buy corn, Um, And then I look at this relationship that tells me I really should be buying wheat instead. So, yeah, I think that's a possibility. It may not look that way on the opening tick tonight, but I do think that it is very possible it unfolds that way.
0: Um, Also, and I'll come back to that in a second, but also we had a question thrown at us from uh, Scott in Iowa that uh, said, you know, what happened to this idea that the fund money uh, had learned how to use options? And had all of these calls bought um could that be part of the reason uh that it took a long time for the rally to happen and and the same with soybeans what's what's your response to that and and maybe um start out by explaining that question if there's a few people that are like okay what what's meant by that question and then what what's your response to that
1: well um there are many different funds, and they, many of them have different rules and guidelines about how they conduct their business. And so maybe it's true that uh, some, some of them are using options and, and having those kind of plays. But I think for the most part, funds are probably less likely to want to own options. I think they are more uh, have a greater desire to have futures positions in the direction that they expect the market to move. And then they're more likely to write options. Uh, to uh, uh, offset or to hedge that or to uh, offer some protection to their position through that. It's kind of like the analysis of, uh, you know, if if you have a a model in front of you of uh, 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 buying an insurance policy or you have a model in front of you where you get to be the insurance company, which would you rather do? I'd much rather collect the premium than pay the premium. And so if you're a fund trader, you'd much rather write options and have every day that calendar work into your favor to uh, where time value diminishes every day than to, to purchase those options and have time value decay. Now, granted, if if they had uh, you know the right positions and stuff, it'll all work, but I'm I'm just saying I think most of them are driven to to trade futures more so than options. And if they are trading options, they're probably more likely to write them. So I don't know if if the funds have a lot of long call, call positions or not but I my thought is probably not. Okay. Appreciate
0: the answer to that. Um if anybody has further questions on those
1: chat or any other topics please
0: let us know. Um another question um specifically you know what where do you think this market could go this week if if we are strong from a technical perspective? I know I've asked you that question before. And it kind of puts you on the spot a little bit. But, you know, if we were to, to consider, you know, where could this market go realistically from a technical perspective? Where is the resistance at on both corn, soybeans, and maybe wheat as well, if you, if you want to touch on that? Maybe give us the resistance to the upside
1: and, and maybe even the
0: downside as well.
1: Well, let's start with the downside. I would say that um, we, should, you know, given the way we're expected to open tonight, we probably shouldn't see weakness that gets below Friday's settlement, and that's kind of tight. If you if I allow myself to give a little bit more space, I would say there's no reason in the world that the marketplace should go back to the low that we had on on Thursday, the day of the report. So that's kind of a that would be a disastrous move if that weakness were to develop. So I would say that's kind of a, a definition of downside risk right now. Um, in terms of upside. Um, it's tough to know. And and if you say anything uh, too far out there, it it just sounds a a little silly and inflammatory. But for a long time, I've been talking about 480, uh, kind of a a minimum upside for spot corn or the next major resistance level. And at different times, I've mentioned things in that 480 to 520 zone uh, for spot corn. So that the bottom side of that parameter is only 25 cents away. I say only because in the current environment, 25 cents may not be a lot. And so I think you got uh, uh, some resistance there, but my guess is rather than being a, a resistance, it might prove to be an acceleration point. And then you got uh next level of resistance, I'd say for spot corn is right in that five to five ten zone, which basically is 50 cents higher than where we finished Friday. That sounds like a lot, maybe it's a lot, and maybe it's too optimistic, but it seems reasonable to me um and those kind of price moves would not be uncommon to be able to be sustained in in a one, one week's worth of trade in a weather market, so it sounds like a long ways away, but it could easily get there this week as far as beans are concerned um i don't I think it's important to realize that over the last 12 years or whatever, you're at the bottom side of parameters. So, I mean, you're starting out really cheap. And so, if you were to go to $10 beans, which is only, you know, 70 cents in the November contract and it's 85 cents in the spot contract, that sounds like a lot. But even if you got there, $10 beans over the last several years is also on the bottom side of parameters. And here you are having a weather market a loss of acreage, uh, all the concerns associated with the weather we've already experienced. And I know we did have a billion bushel carryout, but we don't have that now. And we can argue about what's left for a carryout, but it's something significantly less than that. And uh, so I I, I don't know where we're going to the upside on beans, but um, the first chart level that kind of stands out as a a target zone, resistance zone, whatever, you, I'd say is around $10. That's 70 cents away. That sounds like a lot, but it really is not. What about wheat? Well, um, I guess the, the way I'm going to answer that is if I think that corn has, say, 25 or 50 cents of upside potential, and I also think wheat can gain on corn, then it's something greater than that. Now, if you, if you uh, come up ask me to give you a storyline for why that's going to be the case, I really don't have one. But if you look at a, at a chart and the wheat market bottomed in early May, just under, you know, four fifty, dollars in, in the December contract, we had more than a dollar rally. And right now we are probably 30 cents off the peak that was made in, in uh, late June. Um, and you, you look at that chart and you imagine it unfolding to the upside. It would not be difficult to see the wheat get to uh, at least $6 in the December contract. That's 65 cents away. So that chart looks like there's more upside potential than what I talked about in corn. So I think the, the, the situations are unfolding in a manner that wheat can certainly gain on corn. Like I said, that may not look that way in tonight's opening. It may not look that way even in the early part of this week's trade. But if, if this uh, market has a bullish bias for several days, which seems very plausible to me, Then I think in that time we could find out that wheat isn't is actually an upside leader. Okay.
0: One comment, and then we're getting close to wrapping things up here. I want to make a comment, and then I want to see um, if you view this as kind of a reality. But you know, we've talked about the importance of setting a margin target rather than a price target, and so you know, I just asked you some price targets, but if if growers can can really kind of start now to dial in. We've got a lot of our expenses figured out. We kind of dial in that margin target, you know, so, so maybe that 480 on corn's given us, say, for example, 20 cents, and that's our target to get some sales made. You know, what I'm understanding, if I'm hearing you right, this is a week to keep your eyes open really close and really watch this market close. If we happen to have a weather market that's driving this thing, because volatility tends to create opportunity almost 100% of the time. And when I say that, what I'm saying is the opportunity could be this week, it could be the next week, but it's keeping your eyes open along the way because you know, we could have a hot, dry forecast stay dry for five or six days. Now here's the question. What happens if the forecast turns cooler and we've got pretty good chances of rain coming in in 10 days? After we rally on this hot, dry forecast,
1: what happens then? Well, let's just look at the December contract. Uh, December contract of corn topped out at 473, and it did that in, uh, like, mid-June. I think it was around the 15th or 17th of June. And uh, from there, you went down to almost 420. So you had about a 50-cent pullback there. Now, you are only about 14 cents away from that high, okay? That... 14 cents, that's not hard to imagine getting triggered sometime tomorrow. Okay. Um, So all of a sudden you're back at the June highs. And then all that means you're not very far away from that 480 zone. And um, I, as anybody that's been listening to these podcasts or reads my commentary, they know that I've been very reluctant to make um, sales or uh, in in corn at all but during this growing season. But I can assure you this, that once we get above those June highs, I'm not gonna talk anybody out of making sales. And I'm gonna be encouraging everybody to sharpen their pencil and develop a game plan and start mapping out a strategy. And maybe that means, maybe we go to 520, maybe we go to 550, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that as a prediction. I'm just trying to say that I don't know and nobody else knows either. But um, the point here is, Um, Everybody's situation will be different based on their their crop conditions and things of this nature, but we will be entering price levels that will return profit margins to most operations under most conditions, especially when they look at their crop insurance things, levels, and um, I believe that uh, it's going to be warranted for producers to uh, sell into this rally. That may not Mean they have to sell the first day or anything. I'm not trying to say that, but um, I don't think you're going to want to be caught not selling into the rally. In other words, if you wait till the market turns, it could turn pretty quickly, and uh, that would be not very desirable. So um, I, I I I will want to be encouraging producers to um, step up their sales. And then once I say that, if they want to take the approach that they want more upside potential and they just want to purchase puts, you know, that'll be kind of an expensive approach, but I'd be okay with that. Uh, but I, I want to uh, see producers take advantage of this because it is possible that the forecast could change. It's possible that when we get the acreage number, we find out the farmers uh, started out planting more corn acres than what we thought. You know, we don't know what's out there. So um, since I really haven't been very aggressive with, with sales approaches, I definitely want to get more so on this rally. But right now, I'm, I'm thinking there's a, a good chance that this extends into next week. So I think that a guy may have all or most of this week to kind of evaluate this. Um, but I definitely want to be looking for ways to, to capture the uh, margin opportunities that are there.
0: Yeah. And the key is, is just to really focus and pay attention as we will be doing. And, and like we said, all along with the Agvi pitch, our whole goal is to get uh, perspective out there. We're not making any recommendations as Dwayne just said, you know, it just literally you and I Dwayne just having a conversation and, and, uh, about what what probabilities are looking like, what the weather forecast look, looking like, no different than we would be at the coffee shop. Um any last comments, Dwayne, on on things to look out that we haven't talked about this week, wash out watch outs or any anything like that. And then I think we'll we'll hook back up again here Monday. Uh either I will with you or Shay will. But uh what any last comments that you have?
1: Well I guess I'll give two different perspectives on this last comment. Uh number one, um even though the farmer has been wired into this situation a lot, all the way from, you know, May till present, talking about loss of acres and planting delays and all the struggles associated with the 19 crop to date, a large part of the trade has not been, and to a, to a large extent, the trade was much more lined up negatively going into Thursday's report than they were bullishly. So, um, in a lot of respects you kind of need to look at this situation with the weather that we have to, to now is a little bit of an in, infancy stage. Even though the farmer knows it's been going on for a while, a large part of the trade does not. So on the one hand, I, I want to throw that. The other thing that I want to throw out is um, once we get a rally or if we get a rally, it, it will also be important to remember and reflect upon the fact that there are other problems out here. There are problems with Uh, demand. There are problems with uh, how the ethanol industry will handle a a rally in in the corn market. There are uh, competing global supplies. There are the relatively abundant supply base from which we started all this. And it's very possible that um, markets will uh, have a difficult time sustaining Price gains that are associated with this weather market, and again, I'm not talking about gains from tonight or tomorrow. I'm talking about gains that are associated with a 10-day outlook that may may in fact uh, trade this for much of the na- next 10 days, and where the the price level is at, in that time frame. Who knows? But there will come a point in time where a guy okay, it will be important to remember some of the foundationally negative or concerning aspects of the supply base that we have and and also you know the uh, to whatever extent you know we're going to see demand be rationed so there'll there'll be another side of that coin that the guy's going to have to flip over and look at every once in a while
0: yeah there's going to be volatility (laughs) it's not that's not just up so okay Dwayne, thanks a lot for the conversation here today and uh, if anybody's got questions, as we said before, please please send us questions because we'd love to get them and have, have them discussed in the podcast and that kind of thing. So we will keep in touch with everybody, and thanks, everybody, for joining the AgView Pitch, and we will catch you next time.